Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Pulse, our podcast dedicated to examining the business of healthcare. I'm Lori Cox, and today I have one of my mentors and favorite people, Sharla uh, Prillman. Hi, Sharla. Hi, Lori. Thanks for the kind <laughs> kind words. <laughs> I'm so glad to talk to you again. Um, for those of you who have been around AAPC for any length of time, you've probably heard Sharla's name because she worked here maybe, you know, two or three years, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Two or three or 10 or something like that. <laughs> um, she recently retired, but I made her come out of retirement and um, sit, have a conversation with me. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Oh, glad to. So we wanted to talk today about um, leaders in healthcare and training their auditors. How can leaders train their auditors to have success um, in their careers and especially with regards to physician training? Um, So let's start. Uh, What are some of the most important skills an auditor could have? (laughs) You know, when we we talk about auditor skills, of course, we need the technical skills of reading a medical record, understanding what those words represent in terms of what care did the provider give to a patient, right? and be able to translate that into CPT, ICD-10, and HCPCS code. So that technical, I call that the technical skills. That's the easiest part to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's tons of coders who possess very strong, very deep technical skills. Success as an auditor, I think, and, and I've seen oh so many times, overlays that technical skill with a communication skill, an ability to communicate sort of inwardly. So they're looking at their detailed work and saying, oh, this is this relates to the physician's workflow like so, mm-hmm. whatever those results would be. And, and the most critical skill is being able to give that information back to the author of the written record to help them represent first and foremost what care they provided the patient, what was their thought process, what happened, and then ensure that not only are they creating a medical record that reflects the care, but that it is suitable for another job the medical record does is to support the any of the billing codes. Mm-hmm. And being able to do that requires it's two different mindsets. The the technical skills are very hard skills. Heads kind of if you think about a worker, heads down, detail oriented, look, look, looking at every every spot of that documentation to put it to a code. And then in talking to a medical provider, now we're heads up, eye contact, talking about how, you know, where the documentation 
fell short of supporting a code, for example, mm -hmm. and how to truthfully, accurately, and consistently represent the services that they provide the patient in words that support the billing codes. Right. Accurately. Um, yes. I think that's a key point there because there's so much informational crap floating around out there, right? We yep. need to make sure that we are quoting credible sources, that we're using content that relates to the physician and that we're not telling them something that's incorrect, right? Right. Not only incorrect, but I don't know how many times I've seen auditors go off on some irrelevant tangent <laughs> that has absolutely nothing to do with how yes. their audience <laughs> takes care of their patients. And nobody's going to give a lot of credibility if you're talking about something that doesn't ever affect me, isn't part of what the results are for my review. Right. And the one tip that I have, I have shared with auditors over, you know, the last however many years it's been mm -hmm. is take the pronoun you out of your vocabulary. If, if they, if you, for the listeners, if you remember one tip from our conversation, <laughs> eliminate the pronoun you, you, that physician or nurse practitioner, whomever the medical provider doesn't have are human beings. Right. And if you say to them, you didn't document thus and so, mm -hmm. it feels like an attack. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't mean it that way, even if your body language is good, even if you don't intend it to be mean, your voice is perfect. That pronoun usage makes it personal. Mm -hmm. It's much, I have found that it's much more successful to open a dialogue and talk about how the documentation didn't show you whatever point it is that you're trying mm -hmm. to make. And even in, in many times I've said to the provider, I didn't, I couldn't find where the documentation said thus and so. Can you show it to me? Mm -hmm. That's what I do too. I want, I say it's the documentation not you didn't document, but the documentation is not showing me X, Y, Z. Correct. And that's, I have found that to really elevate the auditor's credibility. It creates a dialogue instead of a diatribe. Mm -hmm. the, yes. the, the, the two individuals having this conversation are sort of magically on the same side and can go forward. I mean, you know, audit, the word audit is, is in the English language carries a negative connotation it does, wherever it? it's used. Yep. Yes. And what we do isn't really, for the most part, that kind of an audit. Most of what we call an audit is a chart review mm -hmm. that is really a quality control measure, a quality of documentation, a quality of billing codes, not, not a quality of medicine, mm -hmm. of medical care, but of those supporting activities. And I... I try not to use audit. You know, if I'm meeting with with a doctor, I always say, you know, I bought the results of your recent study and let's look at where some gaps may be in the documentation. So that's a good point. Maybe we need to try to create a trend of not using the word audit so much and 
maybe more, I don't know, not really education, but something along those lines, because we do a lot of education as oh, well. Well, that's another one of my personal bad words. <laughs> See, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, uh, I have a bachelor's degree is the extent of my formal education, but a whole lot of us don't have, may have an associate's degree. I know, Laura, you're, you have more formal education. Right. But I have an MBA. Mm-hmm. But many of many of our qualified hard work. really good auditors do not have formal college educations. Correct. But I guarantee you that every one of our physicians does. Yes. <laughs> I hope so, right? They went to and, school for all that time. They should cor- have, yes. have something. And, and, you know, if you just kind of walk in their shoes for a minute and think about, you know, uh, usually an auditor is younger, is oftentimes younger. We are still a female dominated industry, although we have many men who do a, 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 you know, it's not a a gender, a gender uh, quality, but the facts are we're still pretty female dominated. Right. And we go in and we talk to people who are far more educated than we are. And to go in and say, I'm here to educate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Could, be taken, could be taken not in the way we mean it. Yeah. So, you know, I, That's a good point. I've always sort of leaned towards let's, let's share what we see here. Let's I look like at, let's look at what, I, as an auditor, wasn't able to see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lots of times when I when I use that approach, the physician will say, oh, well, it's not there in the words, yes. but listen, this is what happened. And then they right. tell me all about the care. Right. And then it's easy to, it's, it's easy emotionally mm-hmm. on both of us to say, what you just told me, if you can, if you can capture that thought process that you just verbalized so well into the medical record that remains behind, then I can give you that credit for the work that you obviously did. Mm-hmm. So now we're all on the same page. We're moving toward toward um, documentation that's going to be super supportive and nobody's gotten their back up and felt bad about it. I agree. So I guess one of the skills that um, auditors are going to have to have. And if I'm a leader and if I'm looking to hire auditors or I want to build an auditing team, I need to look for somebody that has, um, and I guess I want to call it tact in a way, uh, maybe that, they've that's got a good word. to be able to manipulate the conversation in a good way. And manipulation is kind of also another bad word, but you know what I mean? It's sure they have to be able to have that communication, which obviously I think communication is probably the number one skill that an auditor should have, right? Yes. Um, and one of my favorite books is Crucial Conversations because that book helps me to um, have those conversations with providers where they do look at it negatively. Like you said, sometimes we are like, oh, here she comes again, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, that book has helped me kind of turn the spin around on my conversations a little bit. So definitely communication, I think. Um, despite all the educational tools, we, we're researchers. I, I think I spend a lot of day researching. 
things. Sure, sure. And, you know, and an important thing for an auditor in researching is knowing where to research. That's true. Just because you read it on the internet doesn't make it true. <laughs> what? Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> Just because it's in a printed book doesn't make it true. That's true. We really have to have to understand where those credible resources are and um, ensure that that what we read, because how to, obviously, how do we do research these days? Internet. Yeah. You know, I'm old enough to remember the days when you couldn't even get the Medicare payers manual. You we had binders, five inch binders, a whole shelf oh, across, yeah. across the room yep. in order to look stuff up. And and uh, a person, an employee whose job it was to keep all those manuals up to date as yes. things changed and there were <laughs> updates. And now right. we just, you know, we just click, click once or twice <laughs> and we have today's newest answer. That's right. That's so interesting. I forgot all about the binders. We used to have those in the oh. office I worked at too. The NCCI edits, they were all printed and yes. updated every quarter. It wasn't like you could plug them in Codify and it just pops up right away. I mean, <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, well, we've, we're going to take a quick break, um, get a little commercial break in here, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about um, being a leader and having a great audit team. So hang with us. We'll be right back. How are you safeguarding against errors that put your organization at risk? At AAPC Services, we leverage our deep expertise in over 80 medical specialties. We create tailored solutions that drive accuracy, profitability, and peace of mind for healthcare organizations of every size. And when it comes to the accuracy you depend on, we leave nothing to chance. Your project will undergo our multi-tier quality review process, ensuring you meet your goals and we maintain our enterprise-wide 98% accuracy rate. Learn more at aapc.com business. Welcome back to The Pulse. So I'm sitting here talking with my friend, Sharla. We're talking about um, auditing, basically, because that's all we ever talk about, right? Do we ever talk about anything besides auditing? Like, what's going on in the world today? <laughs> <laughs> Not very um, much. I know. <laughs> I feel like that's my whole life. Anyway, um, so yeah, the we're talking about auditing. We're talking about auditors, some good skills. We've had some skills about communication that they need to have as a good skill, um, some of the tools, researching um, that they need to be able to do. But um, what if you're an auditor and um, you want to get some additional um, advice or help or something? So I think one of the great things is to have a really good mentoring uh, community and networking, right? Absolutely. So that's one reason I'm always thankful for you, even though, like I said, I pulled you out of retirement to do this. Um, <laughs> I can still bounce ideas off of you when I need to and the rest of my team. So I think um, that's one really good thing as a leader is to have somebody, even if you're a very small company, you're one auditor, maybe um, you get them some resources, you know, to help out with somewhere. So I always think that's a good idea, too. 
I think you're right, Laurie. Those, you know, the the we're only as good as who stands behind us, and um, you know, working for AAPC is is one of the uh, places where you have the expertise behind you. I don't anymore. <laughs> um, that that allows you as a leader to make good good hiring decisions to you know people aren't born with the skills we've talked about it these things are not you know like you have blue or brown eyes we can can learn we can learn to be better at communicating we can be better with the specific auditing skills we can use better tools you know we just before the break um, I realized we were talking about the way things used to be, and mm-hmm. a good part of this audience never has has seen those limited tools that we used to have, right? And you know, things like like AAPC's Codify, everything together in a single, you know, a single tool where you can find your CCI edits, you can find code definitions, you can Mm -hmm. find layman's descriptions, you can see the years, you know, at what year was this code created, deleted, eliminated, modified. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find that information by, by using those tools. And I think that the folks that are listening um in as le- as leaders in their organization i think they benefit by connecting with a an organization that is also a leader in the industry agreed absolutely so you know <laughs> using aapc tools using AAP being becoming members of AAPC local chapters using AAPC audit services to mm-hmm. validate and verify you know if they're an if they're auditing inside their organization sometimes it's a good idea to have an independent outside organization to validate that work yes, or it is. you know maybe some of our listeners don't have um resources to do that kind of an overview of of their practice, Mm -hmm. you know, and those services being available, if you just go on the internet and, and say, where can I get an audit? There's probably, I don't know, hundreds of of choices. And knowing, knowing which of those choices are the most credible Mm -hmm. is is really uh, a key part to how successful they'll be. I agree. And I like what you said, because a lot of the times when I go on site, or even when I do like a remote group training with a group, um, I get the opportunity to meet with the coders or auditors first and kind of talk to them and get a feel. And then really, I'm saying the same thing they are. It's just... um, 
maybe the physician needs to hear it from a second opinion type of situation, Mm -hmm. right? Because we as patients do that, if we're considering major surgery, maybe we need a second opinion. And so that's one good way having a resource for your auditors to reach out to, to get that additional information is a good thing for leaders to have. Uh, I would agree. Um, another thing I was kind of thinking about while we were chatting is role playing because I love role playing and doing little skits and things like that, right? Yep. Um, and that's a good team building activity too, especially for, I mean, a lot of us auditors, we work from home now, some are still on site, and you can definitely still do it on site. But do that role playing, you know, just sit there and be a really um doctor who's just not having a good day, you know, and be, Mm -hmm. and be kind of a mean and and nitpick at everything. And um, I think that's always fun to do. I I think those are good too. And, you know, when you said that, I remember uh, meeting in person with a physician with air quote audit results. And when I, when I walked into his office, there was a vibe. It just didn't feel good. Oh, no. And um, I started to, you know, talk and I could, I could see he was getting more and more agitated, you know, mm-hmm. kind of rocking in his chair and, and he was trying so hard to be polite mm-hmm. and he wasn't succeeding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of ended the the conversation early. I said, you know, I, it, it seems like this is really a bad time for you. I wonder if we can schedule this at another time. And doggone it, if he didn't break down and tell me he just had a patient die. Oh, no. His wife had just called him with a crisis at the school and needed him to go pick up his child at the school. Mm. And there was there were three things I can't remember what the third third event was, but oh the third event was me the audit you know and <laughs> right. and, and and his leadership had said no you must do this mm-hmm. and meanwhile his brain is my child is at the school mm-hmm. in this crisis mode I for, yeah he didn't tell me everything that was going on and what yeah. we do is important but sometimes. He, I, you know, his leadership probably would have been wiser, even though I was there in their town and ready to come mm-hmm. to, you know, respectfully, you know, don't don't just stand me up. Right. Uh, but but respectfully communicate that, you know, emergency has happened. This is not going to be worth worth anybody's time. Don't come. Right. Even if it, even if it was even if I was already pulling into the parking lot mm-hmm. uh, and. You know, when I went back to meet with him on another day where it was a normal work day, Mm -hmm. he was so grateful Mm -hmm. that I didn't try to continue through his um, his audit findings. And and I remember that case. He was a, a neurosurgeon specialist and his EMR was templated for general practice and he was trying to make it work for his his medical care and his organization hadn't yet provided him with a tool that lined up with his specialty oh and so he it was you know it was 
he needed to pay attention. He needed to be able to communicate his frustrations so that we were able with his practice leadership to identify where they, the practice, could connect to their software support people, the people that supported their EMR, and solve his problem. It was an easy problem to solve. Give him a hammer to pound a nail. Right. So ask him to do it with a saw. Right. <laughs> and, you know, the the timing of emergencies are unknown. And flexibility and I was very glad that I was able from the get-go to feel that vibe. I knew something was wrong and I didn't think it was me. He didn't know me. I was a perfect stranger. Right. And, you know, by, by being able to, to be, to kind of tap into that vibe, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, we were successful in aborting our meeting, our first meeting, mm-hmm. and then super successful when I came back. I think it was a week or so later. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that. Um, so maybe auditors are a little bit empathetic sometimes. I mean, they have to read situations, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And they need to be flexible. And the nature flexible, of auditing, yes. when you get down to the nitty gritty of doing an audit, mm-hmm. we don't have flexibility. It has yeah. to be there or not. Right. So it's like we're changing hats from the from the doing of the audit to the situation and the circumstances of the communication with sharing those results. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so definitely flexible um, and considerate. Um, we mm-hmm. want to be very considerate of our providers because they're humans. And yep. I keep saying this over and over and they're Providers, they're human beings. They make mistakes. We make mistakes. Own up to the mistakes that you've made. You know, if, and this has happened to me before, I know it's happened to you. We had an audit, you know, we made a human error on it and I'm presenting it to the doctor. And I'm like, you know what? That's an error on my part. I'm going to fix it. And here's why, you know, and most of them are very considerate of that because they understand. And, Um, And to your point, all of these things that we've just talked about, are perfect topics for role play training. Mm-hmm. I agree. And like I said, that's one of my favorite things to do. I'm going to have to bring that back with our team, I think. <laughs> you know, it's it's also good in, in a hiring environment mm-hmm. to, um, you know, ask open-ended questions of a potential, I'll say, audit educator, even though I think those are both bad words. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just to kind of understand who we're talking about. I'm going to hire somebody to to fulfill that function and open-ended questions. What what would you do in this situation? Let me let me give you a scenario. Right. Now, if you're the interviewer and you're using that type of an open-ended question, don't fall into the trap of filling silence. Right. Because your 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 candidate is going to have to have a few, a little bit of time to kind of process what the scenario is and to give you an answer and mm-hmm. there'll be silence mm-hmm. and silence is okay. We don't have to fill every block of silence. So right. a tip for the interviewer as well. That is a good tip for interviewing because you're right. And I'm bad about that. I hate silence. Like I just start freaking out. Like somebody say something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. 
Okay, so we've had a lot of good discussion today. So we, as leaders, when we're looking at our audit team, we want them to have good communication skills. They need to be flexible, empathetic, um, be able to read the room, so to speak, which is hard to do in a Zoom environment. It's easier when you're on site to, to kind of get that, pick yes, that up. Right. much easier in person. Yes, yes. And I prefer that. But in this day and age, you know, we are we are stuck with our our Zoom or whatever meetings that we're using. And you know um, what I bet, Lori, I bet as we do more, we will develop those reading the room skills. You're right. For an electronic room as we as we do it more. Well, you're right. And look, I mean, over the years. We've developed this sixth sense or seventh sense or whatever you want to call it, right? We all kind of know it's there because we can read the room, so to speak, right? But mm-hmm. so we've developed that somehow, and it's going to be interesting to see what we develop as a result of um, all of this, you know, working from home type of situation. So, sure. Awesome. Well, I think we're out of time for today, but thank you so much for joining me. I I always love talking to you because um, you can take the conversation and put it in layman's terms. And I think um, so many of us, we get auditor speak or coder speak stuck in our head, right? We kind of have to remember that we've got to be able to speak in all terms, not just um, audit situations. So thank Mm. you so much. Really well, appreciate you being here. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoy, I enjoy, I've enjoyed our time together very much. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening to this episode of The Pulse. We'll see you again next time. At AAPC Services, we help healthcare organizations like yours maximize efficiency, mitigate risk, and prevent revenue loss. Our credentialed experts provide services for insurance audit appeals, coding and billing accuracy, accounts receivable audits, corporate integrity audits, and much more. Find out how we can help your organization overcome challenges and meet its goals. Learn more at aapc.com business.